Welcome to Confronting Christian Culture, a podcast where we address the issues found in old lessons and expectations. Welcome back to another episode of Confronting Christian Culture. I'm your host, Jory, and I am with, join me today with a special two guests uh, as we discuss a new topic this week. Uh, Say hello, Josh and Justin. Hello. Hi there. I'm Justin. (laughs) And I'm Josh. All right. Um, So guys, what are we like, let's let's start with with, uh, Josh. What are we starting and what are we looking at this week? Well, uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Mm. All right. Um, So I have a couple of I've got some background with Dungeons and Dragons. What background do you guys have with it, if anything? So let's start. Uh, yeah. Who do you want first? <laughs> Justin, you can go first. Um, I, D&D, I have a, a lot of background with. I, I play it, you know, once once a week at least for the past decade or so. So. <laughs> okay, you've got me beat. Uh <laughs> Uh, how about you, Josh? What is, what's your background with it? Uh, playing, I've only been at it for like a year, uh, but I've been like loving D&D and groups that are playing at like critical role and things for five, five years at least, you know, for as long as I've known about it. But uh, yeah, a year of playing. Okay. Yeah, I've, uh, I've been playing for I think now three years. I tried back, I think I tried playing in a campaign when I was in high school, which was over a decade ago. Great. Uh, that makes me feel good. Um, I tried playing a campaign there for a little bit, but I think that was, uh, that wasn't Dungeons and Dragons. We played, I think, Pathfinder or another, another kind of role-playing game called Zenith. I think it's Zenith. Uh, there's both, like, we played a couple different versions of things and we, I never got, we couldn't ever get heavily invested in it. Um, but for the last like three years, I've played as a player. I'm playing actually now only as a player and I've DM'd four campaigns. Ooh. Yeah. Good for you. Thank you. But uh, so that's kind of where we all are, but what were you guys taught growing up? Let's start with Josh. What, what were you taught growing up about Dungeons and Dragons, if anything? Um, well, my parents were, brought up during the satanic panic you know era so it just kind of like layered over to my childhood i you know i don't remember any like explicit uh you know things about it you know it, it, my parents were never like oh you better never we better never catch you playing this but you know there was definitely no positivity around it mm-hmm. and because there was no one around me who was playing it or advocating for it it just was by the wayside for me when I was a kid all through high school and all the way up until, you know, recently. But, um, I mean, it was, it was never something that, um, it was something that we knew if I got into it, there would be a problem, especially like amongst my grandparents and things. Mm. Um, they just, you know. Yeah, I, I can understand that. My family, we never, my parents, we never made a rule about it. They never taught me a lesson about it, but I, knew growing up like mm, that it was just something they had no interest in and so I think just I assumed that something was wrong with it if they didn't have an interest in it and so I never really dug into it until high school when a friend introduced me to it and I found out that oh I really like this kind of thing but I still kept it a secret 
because I had that assumption from my family. Yeah. How about you, Justin? D and D in my family was part of the dreaded three. <laughs> we had uh, Power Rangers, Pokemon, and Dungeons and Dragons were the three things that I wasn't allowed to deal with. Um, and then eventually, when Harry Potter came, became much more popular, that as well. Uh, so those are, I guess, the four in total that I couldn't do anything with if I wanted to. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. I I definitely remember. I remember like there was a lot of things around Harry Potter and I do remember there's a couple of people that I grew up with that like we were all into Pokemon and then like a few years later they were like oh actually I can't play this anymore because it's summoning demons and I was like I mean I think Clefairy's adorable so I don't know if that if that's a demon then that's a very clever demon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that and also the golden compass I also wasn't allowed mm. to be anywhere near. Yep same here. So, yeah. I know that one. I uh, yep. Uh, that that was also something in my family as well. <laughs> All right. So why why do you guys think that? Where do you think this comes from? Where like I know Josh, you were talking about like the satanic panic. Uh, can you go? Do you, do you know anything else about it? Why was it called that? Not in huge detail. I know that it had a lot to do with uh, the sort of demonic elements of D and D. You know, which is a loaded term loaded phrase really uh because really D does have you know demons and devils and you know gods and all sorts of stuff like that um and from my understanding of it, it, it christianity would just looked at that sort of thing and uh saw the devil in its workings mm -hmm. um and shut itself off to it um yeah yeah i, I was doing some reading on this because i i've heard that phrase before and i was never sure about it but it looks like apparently people who they're around the 80s uh 70s and 80s there were some people who were like who played D D and uh at one point committed and then like eventually like they committed suicide but the media really talked up the fact that these people played dungeons and dragons yeah and like that's i yeah, it makes sense, though, with all, like, the talks of demons and fiends that that's where yeah. a lot of fear would be easily yeah. poked at. And there was even a movie with Tom Hanks in it about you know, the whole situation with the kid who committed suicide. And oh, wow. I think it was that particular story. Uh, but, yeah, and uh, I was reading about the same thing, and uh, um, it, it was very interesting to read about how the media quickly caught on to the darker elements of D and D and just leaned into like people who play D and D can't engage in reality properly kind of thing. Mm -hmm. When in reality, like for the people who are affected by it most in the eighties were doing it as an escape from the pain and the suffering of reality at the time, you know, dealing with their sexuality and their, you know, the differences that set them apart in, in the world. Yeah. So it's well it's all great so we've all been taught uh or we've all been taught to fear this thing um, can, I, uh, can i step in for a second and say why there's a there's a big start to this yeah um so when gary gygax wrote first edition dungeons and dragons he put in a lot of stuff um that could help dungeon masters basically be more uh help make it more in-depth and also a little bit more engaging to his players. So he wrote in like, these are the ways that, you know, you can think about uh, 
doing like these summoning spells for these particular demons and devils in this game. But he also wrote that kind of stuff for everything else because he was the kind of guy that just wanted to give you a whole bunch of cool information. And people would look at that and be like, oh my gosh, he's teaching you how to summon demons. But like the languages and the, the, the if you've read it, like it's not at all like really demonic. It's just kind of, it's kind of funny and silly to look at mm-hmm. now. Um, but the thing is, is I'm gonna make a, a quick analogy here. There's a, uh, the boiler in my basement. Uh, makes a lot of scary noises and uh, I like to give it a 20 foot wide berth. When I'm down there washing my laundry and it goes on, it freaks me the heck out. Now, I decided to uh, look it up on the manufacturer's website and learn how it worked. And now I'm not afraid of it because I didn't know what it was or how it worked. I was freaked out, but now I know about it. Now I'm not freaked out. And that's what the big thing was with the satanic panic. People knew about it, but they didn't know what it was. And that's what caused the, uh, the fear to keep, you know, going in droves. That makes a lot of sense. That, yeah, I, that, no, it's just, that hits, that hits really, that's smart. Like Mm -hmm. it's, I'm glad, I'm kind of glad he did write all that kind of stuff out to help the dungeon masters or game masters, whatever you want to call them. Um, But that is, yeah, they, people were just afraid of something they didn't understand, which doesn't sound like humanity at all. (laughs) Where have we heard that story before? Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So, okay. So I, I said like, I've been, I've been DM, I've been DMing, uh, running games for now um, on three years of, of some campaigns. Um, have you guys ever run a game yourself? Or have you just been players? I'll let Josh answer that first. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and my answer is fairly short because I, I, I started playing last October for my birthday. I showed up at the gaming store uh, for the first time ever and played a game. Uh, and that lasted for a little while. And then the pandemic hit and all of my D&D was shut off. You know, couldn't yeah. play with anybody. And uh, after a couple of weeks, I had, you know, the itch just kept hitting me. I was like, you know what? I think I'll just do it. I'll DM a game. Um, got some friends back from Messiah and from, you know, childhood friends who were interested in doing it. And we just got together on tabletop simulator and discord. And I've been DMing that game ever since. So like, this is my first time ever DMing a game nice. and it's really fantastic and overwhelming. Yeah. That, that is a good way of describing <laughs> <Yes>. it. <laughs> how about you? How about you, Justin? The vet, the most veteran mm-hmm. of all of us. Yeah. Uh, I would say that most of the games that I am involved in and not just D and D, but all the other RPGs I play in, I am the, uh, the game master. I will say is that as a blanket term so that I don't offend anybody who's a Pathfinder player. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but they're just Pathfinder players. We don't care. <laughs> But yeah, no, I, 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 may, I mostly run because I like the I like the creative process of making a, a yeah. game and mm-hmm. running it. It's not like a power trip thing. It's just I like to tell a story and I like my players to destroy it. <laughs> they do that really well, don't they? Yes, it's the best thing that they're at. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, okay. Do you guys think, like, looking back on this, Gary, like I like Justin talking about how Gary guy like we the the satanic panic really was fueled by un, un people who just didn't know what they were talking about people who didn't understand the game people didn't understand what was going on but do you think 
there's any, I want to say biblical support for people to not play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> that's a, that's a fun one. Um, I know that, um, geez, I don't know if I have anything I can pull directly. Like Matthew 21, 17 says, um, don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, but I know that they do talk about, you know, don't, don't play with the dark arts <laughs> though. I, I wouldn't consider, you know, D D the dark arts personally. I, I think that they're, the, the only thing that I could really think of personally is that you don't want it to become a false idol because mm -hmm. it is a fun game that you can get lost in, but then forget that, you know, oh no, I love God. I don't love the game. The game's fun, but God's my God, not the game. <laughs> yeah, I would, I, I would agree with that. And I feel like, especially when we look at like history, when people talk about like dealing with witchcraft, my first thought is like, or the dark arts, my first thought was like, well, wasn't like electricity, like people harnessing the power of electricity, people being like, you're using magic. And like, well, you know, that's changed quite a bit. I think, I don't think any pastor out there would be like, well, you're not allowed to use electricity because that's, that's the devil's work. Oh, you don't hang out in Amish country too much then. <laughs> I mean, I'm close to it, but I don't hang out there. <laughs> And talk to the Amish who have like power generators outside yeah. their house. It's a yeah. hilarious. <laughs> but I, I mean, I've, I've tried, I've been doing a lot of reading and there's been, there's still a lot of disagreement uh, between, between Christian groups as to if this is an okay thing to do. Uh, and as a pastor, I get to say that I actually ran a Dungeons and Dragons ministry uh, at the church I was attending, I didn't call it that because I knew there were people who would immediately freak out and, and protest against me or, or try to stop it. Um, so I called it a tabletop role-playing game group, nice. which is a mouthful. And because of that, they didn't care. They didn't <laughs> want to talk about it. They didn't care because it was such a mouthful. And then I had, I think... Uh, 18 people show up the first night. Ooh, nice. Yeah, I had to split that group up real quick. <laughs> they, yeah, they no would, it was just yeah, it was, at least three groups. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I was able to do two. I was able to split up into two groups. Um, and we met once a month for the next year and a half. And it went really well. Like it, nice. it did a really good job. And I think only two of the kids, two of the people that attended apart from myself were at, from the church. So oh, every, nice. yeah, like I feel like there's definitely ministry and, and outreach opportunities for churches that like embrace the storytelling aspect of, of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, we actually did a similar thing at my church. Uh, I, I helped lead a, like a tabletop day when it was International Tabletop Day mm -hmm. uh, a couple years back. Um, just brought it to the church and said, "Hey, why don't we why don't we have a day where you know we invite people in to play and we'd raise money for you know a cause and just have fun and play games while we do it." And it it, it caught on, and we did it every year ever since. And um, it, it even became an outlet for members in the church to like create their own games and like. I think he actually has one published right now. I forget what his name is, but um, you know, it became this like creative outlet 
for the churchgoers. And we, we didn't necessarily talk about D&D, but it be, like because we were doing this gaming tabletop thing, it, it, everyone was like, oh, we, we can actually talk about this? Oh, let's talk about D&D then. Yeah, it's like, and all of a sudden people are like, oh yeah, D&D, let's talk about D&D. Let's talk about Dungeons and Dragons. I'm also part of like a really liberal church. So it's a little bit <laughs> taboo for me anymore. Yeah. You're lucky, man. That's, that's all awesome. sounds awesome. Yeah. It, well, yeah, it, it's been a really wonderful experience with the, that, that church. Yeah. Um, and as far as like biblical and spirituality, uh, for me, like the creative process of D and D is like a spiritual practice. At least it is for me. Hmm. Like it doesn't have to be labeled as God or as Christian or as Jesus or as anything like that. But like this process of creation and expression and the beauty of it and you know the diversity of of what you're creating and the people that you bring to the table like that's all an answer to what i view as god's call so like for me there's just no christian argument against D in my mind you know just like there's no real christian argument against like driving a car but like if you're driving that car recklessly then of course you are creating a dangerous situation Whereas if you're, you're doing it with intention and, you know, careful planning, then you're safe kind of, kind of thing in my mind. Yeah. I agree to that. Yeah. Same. I think it's, I think it, it does fall on to the individuals playing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that goes for anything. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's like a, uh, you used a car, uh, Josh, I'm going to use like a screwdriver. A screwdriver is benign. It's a tool, you know, you use it every day. Well, some people use it every day, but if it's used as a murder weapon, it's bad. You know, the person's bad. The tool's not, the game's not bad, but if you decide to go a little bit overboard <laughs> on it, um, not that like fifth edition right now, and even fourth and third, it, it was never the, the game creators never like, wanted you to take this to the next limit it was just hey sit down around the table make jokes roll dice and play games swing your sword you know it's you don't you don't go and get when you play monopoly you don't feel like you're going to go become an executive and steal everybody's money (laughs) it's just a game (laughs) that's true yeah uh what now i i'm i'm now really curious about this what what roles do you guys usually like whenever you're not dming what roles or class do you like to play? Because I just started in this, this last couple months, I just actually got to start playing uh, and I played a, I have a bard and I have a rogue and I'm loving both of them, but I'm not sure like what other classes I would really like. What, what do you guys play? What, Josh, what do you play? I, I, my first ever character was a paladin. And it was because I walked into the store and I said, this is my first ever time. I haven't created a character. And they handed me a pre-made sheet. Then it said either it was one was a paladin, one was a, one was a cleric. And they said, okay, you're going to go play at the, at the Curse of Strahd table. Ooh, yes. um, so I went and did that. And I sat down with both of them. I was like, okay, I guess we'll play the paladin. That sounds really cool. Um, and I loved it. I loved every moment of it. I, you know, I went from like level five to level eight with that character and through Curse of Strahd and like, I I really enjoy half cast mm-hmm. uh, classes. So like, you know, rogues, not rogues. Uh, well, if you are doing a, you know, trickster, um, but like rain, uh, rangers, paladins, 
um, even warlocks kind of, you know, it, I love the, the in-between characters. We can still do some, some fighting and some melee up in front or in, out in back and still throw around some spells too. Okay. How about, how about you, Justin? What do you like playing as? Um, <laughs> uh, I like playing as warlocks, um, <laughs> which, uh, you know, it might be, it might be the worst class to be talking about on this particular podcast, <laughs> um, because they're the ones who tend to, uh, accept gifts from people who are stronger than them. And sometimes they're not the nicest people. Um, but, uh, I, I like warlocks because I like to try to play the, um, yes, I was cursed with this devil's quote blessing and now I have some powers, but I am seeking atonement. So it's really fun to play a warlock who then multi-classes into like a cleric or a paladin because they're trying to seek atonement. And that's what I try to do with those characters. That's really interesting. I never even thought of doing that. That's, I like <laughs> that. I'm going to, I'm going to now try to, dang it, now I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, I... <laughs> and they, they, do have, they do have the celestial uh they do have the celestial yeah, pact yeah yeah and the, and the it's just a little bit boring really but bad. yeah no so it's just right. the the devil and the the cthulhu <laughs> uh the the great old ones yeah though i don't consider cthulhu evil he's just doesn't know that we exist yeah. <laughs> and i know the there's another book coming out i think this month which has another warlock subclass as well yes Jeez. Uh, as long as they don't add more to the cleric because i think what the cleric has like 18 or something oh, so many it's well, ridiculous the ranger has 150 million or another arcana revisions so yeah it does. <laughs> well that's because they need a revision yeah yes. and, and another one is coming out in tasha's cauldron as well of course, uh, of course. <laughs> but that's going to be the quote-unquote official one okay from right here Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll have to get that, and maybe they've made the ranger something decent again. Yeah. Uh, no, I think I, I played. Um, the very first guy I played was a paladin. It was like such a generic kind of character. I was a dwarf paladin, um, <laughs> and my friend used the seven deadly sins as like evil totems that would we had to go and like seek out but we accidentally also released and so each of our players was infected with one of the seven deadly sins and throughout the story he was going to like make you roll for certain things to like in case uh like for mine i think was greed so if i saw money laying around i wanted to steal it no matter what but i'd have to roll against it and okay. overall, the story was like just was overcoming your uh, this this greed or overcoming the sin to the virtue and and like a, a redemption arc for every character. Unfortunately, that campaign fell apart because uh, it was myself, my wife, the DM, his wife, and another couple, and that other couple split up, and so we were like, "Well, uh, we're gonna be done." <laughs> I feel like that happens a lot with people is is groups split up before the end of a campaign. That's been my yeah. experience at least. Yeah. Yeah. I mean the the scariest monster in Dungeons and Dragons is um scheduling. Yeah, no kidding. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've since the pandemic, I've got a campaign on hold for about a year because 
we tried doing it online and the one person just like she had an anxiety attack during it and was just like i can't do it online i was like okay that's fine but it's i now have like far too much planned out yeah for them but the pandemic's actually kind of been the one thing that made it so we all could play at least the group that i'm dming right now everyone was like well can't leave the house guess wednesday nights yeah cool nice (laughs) that is great uh so i i've been look i was doing you know some reading and stuff to try to figure out if there is a biblical case uh for or against D D, and there i was astounded by the amount of stuff uh people are willing to say and consider for denouncing and supporting D. Uh, like we talked about the con- the idea of time consuming and it becoming an idol or addiction. We talked about like the magic aspect. The one thing that like, and, and one of the arguments was that like Tolkien and Lewis both used magic, both used fantasy to tell a really good story that no Christian would say, well, a lion witch in the wardrobe is so anti-Christian. Uh, and you can tell like really good stories with Dungeons and Dragons with magic and all that stuff. And I, I saw one person's response to this was like, if you have to go through such explanation as to why something is okay, it's obviously not okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I was just like, if my, if, if you're a lot, if you have to explain why something's okay, you obviously know inherently that it's not okay would you guys agree with that would you guys what would how would you respond to that accusation i mean i'm a personal trainer if i'm i'm gonna tell my my client how to do a deadlift properly and how it could be good for them because i'm training them carefully and telling them all the benefits and exactly how to do it it doesn't make it bad it's it's like I'm I just because I have to explain it to you I want you to understand it <laughs> not and not just try it and break your back that's it, it sounds like such a I mean on my in my opinion that's a silly argument but I go ahead Josh complexity is beautiful complexity is is a virtue of God in my opinion it's 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 once again like I was talking about the answering the call mm-hmm. the call is towards complexity. Um, and faith is seeking understanding, as you and I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, I'm sure everyone encounters that kind of talk. Uh, but it, either way, like, all well, because an explanation is complex doesn't mean that it's wrong. Or if you're trying to play the apologetics game about something, um, yeah, I, I mean, I can kind of see where that commenter is is coming from. But like. <laughs> explanation is the only thing that that connects us like you know we're we're talking about different worlds of thought people you know and from denomination to denomination or secular to christian like bridging those gaps requires work and you know complexity isn't isn't a problem Mm -hmm. and making the connection between two different belief systems or trying to reconcile something that has been wronged like in my mind dnd has been wronged Christianity and the way that Christianity looks at culture in general outside of itself is, you know, a very dark hole to go down and um, doing the work of reconnecting the two is reconciliation. And that 
not at all seems like a problem to me. Hmm. I, I'm going to steal that answer. I really like that. <laughs> that, is, <laughs> that is just beautifully well put. Like it's, it's done well. I, it, it does break my heart to think that like, because us three like to play Dungeons and Dragons, there are people out there, uh, uh, lay people and pastors who are like, well, are you really a Christian? if you put so much time and effort into a fantasy world. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I, I like to, I like to create my worlds. Yeah. Uh, do you guys, do you guys do world building or do you guys just use the stuff that's pre-generated? Yes to both answers. Yes to both. Yeah. Yeah. To, to some extent. Yeah. I, I started out with a pre-made module and then I jumped right into Xandria, the critical role world. And was like, well, I'll just use this as a background and but I'll create my own everything else. Um, so yeah, it's a creative process. Yeah. I, I, I mean, if you really like to watch football every Sunday, are you really a Christian? <laughs> uh, well said. Especially, especially when we get into that dark stuff of fantasy football. Oh. That's, that's where the occult comes in. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and all that math. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, I love telling people whenever they ask me about Dungeons and Dragons, I'm like, well, all I'm doing is helping kids or adults or whoever, like with math skills, social skills, creative problem solving. And I, I always throw in one more thing, but I cannot remember it for the life of me. And, and that's honestly how I got away with using it at the church. I taught, I was there like, well, what? And they asked me, they were like, how are you, how is this a Christian thing? How, how is a role-playing game a Christian thing? And I was like, well, where I'm encouraging social uh, bonds. I'm encouraging people to get to know each other. I'm encouraging relationship building. I'm encouraging basic math. And they were like, oh, okay, this is fine. And then I had the president of the council come up to me afterwards. And he was like, you know, if you suggested a basketball team, they would never have asked you that question. And I was like, yeah, I, I'm well aware that that never would have come up. But it, it, I am astounded. I, I'm, I'm just always going to be blown away with the amount of people that don't see any positives in in creative problem solving tabletop games theoretical conflict resolution that's, that's, how, that's how i like to call it i think that's what i had to tell messiah when i wanted to make a club <laughs> and they still didn't deny it i was gonna say did you succeed in doing that because no. i can't imagine they no. would no yeah. so we had an unofficial one i wish i would have known about that i would have joined him i know right oh. <laughs> i lived on your floor justin and I, I, I wouldn't have even thought of it at the time <laughs> like i was i was at a point in my life where if someone had said D, &D i would have had this you know what the devil worship kind of bullshit yeah. <laughs> uh so like sorry if i'm cursing by the way You're is fine. that okay cool. <sighs> yeah, I don't yeah the, the question i was going to ask before we started was how much can i curse I can, I always put, I, for, for every episode I have, I put on the like explicit thing because I want my guests to feel free to curse and be who they are because I'm, I'm just waiting for the guest who wants to talk about why, what is cursing in the Bible compared to this? All right. All right. I'm in man. All right. I, like I love that. it. I would love it. I love it. All right. Uh, Anyways, yeah. It, it, if I had if I had known about that game, I would have been a part of it. But it, it, like, if I were the person I am now, you know, it, it, and D and D has also been such a great counseling tool 
and there are groups out there that use D&D to help kids who have gone through trauma and uh, who have gone through, you know, many different issues to, to mm -hmm. like re-enter, you know, themselves and their lives. So it's such, like we were saying earlier, it's a screwdriver, it's a car, it's, it's a tool that can be used for such creative and beautiful ends. So. Exactly. Yeah. I love Truths that. I wish I'd known. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah, we were very uh, cloistered. We didn't really talk a whole lot about it outside. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just for clarification, we played Pathfinder technically, not D&D. Yeah, I mean, that's what was popular at the time. I mean, the D&D wasn't in a great state at that time anyways, you know, until 5th edition came out. You know, yeah. I don't know if it would ever be what it is now if 5th edition hadn't come out. Exactly. Yeah, I, I think when I, whenever, I, I don't know if you guys like do this, but whenever I talk about role-playing games, I often just default to D&D &D because that's what most yeah. people know. Mm -hmm. But uh, listener, this is including Pathfinder. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, what, oh, there was a, there was a, like a mis murder mystery one that I played with mm -hmm. monsters not too long ago. Uh, and he yelled at me, Monster of the Week, we played. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Monster of the Week is that's so good. good. That's a good oh, game, man. Man, it, it, if you know the Adventure Zone, Monster of the Week, man. Such a good story. So good. Uh, oh. Amnesty's so nice. Oh. oh, my God. I loved McElroy's. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, if you don't know what we're talking about, on whatever thing you're listening to this, just Google uh -huh. the McElroy's or the Adventure Zone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you'll get through, like, the first, you know, 10 episodes of the Adventure Zone. It's really goofy, really, like, stupid jokes. And then by the end of it, you know, episode 69, you're going to be crying yourself to sleep because it's that good of a story. So yeah. it's my plug. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will say what did hurt me when I started playing Dungeons and Dragons um, was listening to the Adventure Zone mm -hmm. because I put Griffin McElroy on such a pedestal <laughs> that I was like, I was like, I'm not as good as him. I should just not do this. But luck, but unfortunately, like no one in my friend group knew how to play, and I had the basic understanding. So I was like, "Yeah, let's do this," uh, and I'm thankful that they kind of bullied me into doing that because it's been a great ride. Nice. And the, the cool thing about Pathfinder, too, is there's been so many different versions of it out there. There's, like, a Star Wars version, and, like, it's such an adaptable system that, you know, they've made it into, taken it to different universes than just the fantasy realms. Of, yeah, you know, Starfinder, I have it right here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, um, I'm trying to think where my next question was. Ah. Do you guys think... Now I think I think we've probably like talked about this that we know where our all our answers are but what would you say to somebody who is really worried about playing Dungeons and Dragons they're coming to your table they want to play Dungeons and Dragons but they're really scared because they don't want to worship they don't want like their cleric character to worship other gods how would you deal with them uh they don't want to worship all the any different pantheon in in all the D&D modules how would you help them? So are you specifically asking like the, the cleric wants to be monotheistic or they're afraid as the player to recognize another god in the, the... player? They're, they as the player are afraid to recognize another god. Um, say they want to be in the trickster uh, subclass or the trickster domain. And they like, because 
oftentimes when I say, when we say trickster, especially when it comes with deities, our thoughts are like um, Loki, the coyote in, in, in many American mythologies or the, uh, the, the fox, it's a trickster kind of character um, who isn't necessarily good or evil. And I know I've got, I've got a player who, who's struggling with that. How would you go about either adjusting the game or adjusting the Pantheon or maybe just talking with the player? What would you guys do? Sorry for all the creaking. Here go. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, it, it doesn't say in the rule book that a cleric even has to worship a god. Like, I, it, it makes sense that, like, they would. But, like, you can be in, you can be an atheist, you know, cleric, and just get the power from a god that you don't want. I don't believe in gods. I, I was given the power by one, but the, I'm my own god, which I wouldn't help this player at all. But um, they don't have to. It's just the name on the sheet of paper. Now, if it's really, 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 um, if you're playing like the Great Wheel Cosmology Planescape game, where like you have to go to where these gods live, uh, maybe just change the name of, uh, who is it? Uh, not Tyr. Um, there's one that's basically Jesus. <laughs> I just call him Jesus. <laughs> uh, why can't I remember? Lathander, I think, right? Is that Lathander? Yeah, yeah I think um, that's Lathander. So, you know, uh, that or just let them, you know, if it's not that big of a deal, if it's like, if you're playing Curse of Strahd, you know, the gods that you worship don't matter because it's not like you're going to really, it doesn't really matter. You're in another dimension. So let her just write down Jehovah if she wants or he wants. It's... In my opinion, that is getting, you know, making a, a mound hole out of, wait, a, a molehill out of anthills. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, I, I would just make them as comfortable as possible. Okay. That's a long-winded answer, I'm sorry. That's no, good. <laughs> I think it's also worth, like, reminding a player that, too, like, the the gods in D&D are as much characters in the story as as the characters you create are you know they are on paper and in your imagination uh you know so they, they don't they don't have to be on the level of god you know yahweh or you know it doesn't have to be on the level of jesus or like a christology or an abrahamic kind of like level of of religion so like uh, you know if, if someone's really uncomfortable with playing a character that follows a god within the game um and the explanation of well you know the, the gods are just characters as well then yeah i i think going the direction of well you know here here's a god in the dnd universe that is very similar to a christological kind of you know mm -hmm. viewpoints and things like that um and maybe your character believes that this is the only god in in this universe and that all other gods have been created you know are manifestations of of you know the other races is races um imaginations or whatever you want to call it um or something like that but you know, it is really important to remind people like this is a story that we can tell and it doesn't have to you know follow you know the reality that we live in now if that's what you believe your reality is yeah it's a chance to be imaginative yeah, I, I think, especially whenever people just start playing d and I always find that, like, people's first few characters will, they want to represent themselves very much, especially when they create their first character. 
um, from scratch. They want to like give the fantastical version of themselves. Um, but then like by your 50th character, you're making a frog guy who like his name is TikTok and you know, you're having a bunch of fun. That is actually one of my characters. Like you're, you're just, I, I feel like we, once you play enough, you actually become a lot more comfortable with the creative side and are going to try out the ridiculousness um, that these systems allow you to be. Um, I, I, oft, I told my, my person um, who was struggling with this idea that, you know, they, I, I took a, a, a Tolkien root kind of thing being like, Oh, well, all the deities in done in this plane of existence, all the deities that, that these are worshiped, there's actually one above them. And he is, or it is the, the Supreme deity. You might have secret knowledge of this deity. That's why you worship it. And then like, I made them almost like try to be a missionary but telling people of this secret deity that nobody else believed them. And I didn't even give the deity a name because I was like, you don't know the name yet. you like, and so they sought after that. That's what I did. Um, but I like your guys is like, we have to do, we do have to remind people that it is just a game. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's, that's a very creative solution. Like I, I like the idea of there being, you know, more of a Hindu pantheon where uh, all gods are a manifestation of one God, you know, through different, you know, um, incarnations of you know the one true god brahman mm-hmm. so that's that's an interesting solution i like that a lot yeah all right uh is there anything like when i i was like trying to figure this out afterwards but like now because most of the time when we've gotten to this point in our discussion we've all kind of understood what everyone's answer is going to be but if you had a if you have a kid or if you have a niece or nephew and they ask you questions or will you teach them the same lesson you taught you were taught about dungeons and dragons are you gonna change it or are you just gonna throw it all out <laughs> uh let's start I'll, with josh let's say i'll break out the box set and set up a game to play is is what i will do you know i <laughs> i absolutely don't want to uh, push forward what I was taught about D&D because I missed out on some of the most creative moments and beautiful moments I've ever had with other people playing D&D. Um, and I, I wouldn't trade those experiences for the world, especially not for a broken ideology like the one I was taught about D&D. Yeah. How about you, Justin? Well, if I have a kid ever, <laughs> All right, um, who is like, Daddy, what's d and I'd be like, Opa, let's play. We got this. I'd be like, come on, wife, we're going to play. I won't call her wife, but I don't have a name for her yet. So come on, lovely Ouch. person I'm with. Yes. <laughs> that we created this young person together. Let's play some D&D. Or maybe not D&D first. Um, it could very well be fate first. Uh, because fate is a great starter role-playing system where you just need d6s you don't have to worry about anything else and the rule book is only five bucks <laughs> so i'm gonna be getting that now thank you <laughs> add that to my collection all right uh yeah i think i'm i mean i've already taught my one nephew how to play um <laughs> so i i'm very much on right along with you guys being if they ask me about D&D I'm going to just start playing with them because 
I mean, you got Joshua, right? Like it, it's, it is so creative and it gives you so many experiences that you no other way can have. Um, and I don't want to just take, I don't want to take that from somebody because of, because of misunderstanding because of a lack of uh education and understanding in the topic yeah yeah i don't want to take too much of your time your guys's time but can i tell you a little story jory and josh yeah so uh i started kind of getting into the game back in high school uh late middle school early high school with a combination of like hero quest and a couple other board games. I can't remember what they all were called. Hero Strike, maybe? Warhammer. Uh, it was like a Warhammer game. Um, and then I went to college. The first two years of college, I kind of just left it. Um, and then I was in a relationship with one of uh, Jory's uh, wife's roommates. And every Thursday night, we had dinner and board game night in Fry Apartments. And... Uh, you were like, what board game do you guys want to play, Jory? And we're like, I don't know. And you pulled out, you literally peeled off the, the wrap, because I think this was after Christmas, of the second edition Dungeons & Dragons beginner box. Yep. And you were like, do you want to try D&D? &D? And we're all like, yeah! And then you read the you were trying to read the quick start rules, and you're like, yeah, <laughs> let's play charades instead. But that was the reason why we got our club started is because you got me back into it. So it's full circle that you're now asking me about it <laughs> because you got me back into it. <laughs> I actually still have that box. <laughs> uh, I still have that because I... Whenever I started the the ministry at the church, I I pulled that back. I like I saw that again. I was like, I should start a ministry with that. That'd be great. And I pulled that. Out. I was like, this makes no sense again. I'm so confused. And then I looked up like I was like, I think there might be something new on D and D. And then found D and D Beyond and did all that stuff. So I was like, I'm just gonna get their new essentials box. And then we did, um, uh dragon of ice spire or something it's okay. one of their basic ones but it's not the pits of fandelver it's, it's a very good it's a very good module yeah and i uh, with two groups i split them up and originally before the pandemic i was going to have them all merge back to fight the final dragon uh and I, but i was going to increase the dragon to an adult yeah because okay. i was like i've got far too many people there's going to be more minions and there's going to be an adult dragon but because the pandemic hit i couldn't do that and so we, I, like, they both went to the, the, the dragon at different times and fought. Uh, I, I still beefed it up. Uh, I may, instead of, like, a young dragon, I called it a teenage dragon. Uh, <laughs> I called it a young adult dragon and gave it extra attacks and stuff. And they, the one group nearly died. I nearly completely murdered them with that. And then the other group killed it in, like, a half hour. I was like okay, I don't know what you guys did that was just, you just destroyed this thing. <laughs> but I'm, I'm glad that uh, I, got, I was able to get you back into D&D. &D. Uh, yeah, that's that is such a good story. Man, I did not know. I, for, I forgot about that. Yeah, it was you and the, uh, there was one other person tried to read the rule book. It wasn't the guy with the dinosaur. It was some other guy that I hadn't met. There's some random dude that night. Was he, was he like tall? 
I don't really remember. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, I was like, I think I know who it is, but I'm not 100% sure. I don't know if he was there that year. Um, but yeah, wow. <laughs> well, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad I could get you back into it. Um, <laughs> so that's pretty much uh, where we're gonna pretty much end with our podcast. Uh, do you have Justin? Do you have uh, anything you would like to plug, uh, be it social media or YouTube channel or whatever? Sure. Um, we have. I am part of Game On. We are a YouTube duo where we talk about RPGs and board games, okay. not just D and D. And is that now? I've I try. Is that the uh, channel with the exclamation point at the end? We do not have an ex. Oh, you know what? I don't remember. <laughs> Shoot, I don't think we have an exclamation at the end. Um, we have. We look like a. Uh, we we look like eighties font because that's what we went for. Um, shoot. <laughs> now I feel silly. I don't think we have an exclamation point, but let me just double check. But yes, we do actually, darn it, we do have an exclamation point. That's all right. I can, I, I can edit it. out that, that misunderstanding. Just be like, you can be like, yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. And you talk about uh, Dungeons and Dragons and other uh, role-playing games and other things like that, right? Correct. Awesome. All right. I'm going to have to check that out. Uh, and Josh, did you have any? I know you didn't have any projects or anything, but I don't know. If... Uh, how about some encouragement to everybody? Get out there and roll some initiative. Like, this is if you've ever been curious, or if you ever, if you became curious by listening to this, like, it, it, it's not exactly easy to find a group during this time. But like, there are so many people out there playing, and they're on YouTube, and they're on podcasts, and they're like famous people like the critical role cast or just, you know, little known people on, uh, you know, that no one really knows about, but there's are, there are stories out there being told by incredible people with incredible experiences. Uh, and even though they're not as skillful a storyteller, that doesn't mean it isn't worth hearing or that it won't be something really inspiring to you to then go and try and take that to the table somewhere uh, with people that you love, people that you've never met before. So I encourage you go and do it. Roll some initiative. I love that. I, that's, I think that might be the title. Roll some initiative. I think that might be the title of the episode because <laughs> that's great. All right. Uh, I, I, have, I have a quick question for you, both of you since you're both veteran DMs. Um, how do you feel about alignment? I know there's a conversation about it. I have my own opinions, but what do you guys think? Uh, I, can, I can speak. I, I, I ask my players to, if, like, if they really care about their alignment to let me know. Uh, otherwise, I just assume people are going to be uh, a neutral good uh, or a chaotic good kind of person. Um, I do like what 5th edition did, which was have like flaws, have bonds. Um, the Black Company rule book, uh, it's a very, it's based off of an old book uh, called The Black Company. Uh, they really focused on you. You make sure you are bonded to uh, groups in the world. If you don't know of those groups, create them. Uh, they can be your family. They could be your homeland. They could be friends that are now in the campaign, or it could just be like you really like animals and just like flesh out that character with with those kind of questions and don't worry about alignment, but make right. sure that those answers do flesh out more of your character 
so that like if you run into say you like your one bond is to farming like you grew up as a farmer and you love and so you love the farming community but then you run into a a small farming village and you say i don't care about them i'd be like well you actually you like what does your character think about farmers wouldn't you have empathy towards them that they'd be like okay i guess i would like i i always try to give them bonds in the world than other than just lawful good neutral mm-hmm. whatever how about you justin uh, fifth edition doesn't really matter so much with alignments because there's no like detect alignment or alignment shift spells. So it's not really that big of a deal. And Paladin doesn't even have to be uh, a lawful good anymore. It's, yeah. So uh, it doesn't really matter so much about... Uh, I, I tell people, don't write down what your alignment is. Show me what your alignment is. So. Well said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this, this was a stumbling block for my players when I was you know, first starting as DM, I was, we were talking about character creation and they would say, well, I chose this alignment. Uh, and, and, they, and they were like, well, you know, uh, I'd respond, well, uh, I, the alignment's more of a springboard. It's more of a touch point for you to kind of come back to and be like, okay, what type of person am I trying to portray through the story? But it isn't, it isn't a guidepost. And, uh, you know, I had people who had played in high school and had been berated by their dm for not playing the alignment they chose and things like that people were turned off to it and and everything so yeah no it it makes sense create more bonds create more connectivity to the world that you're playing in and you know yeah that's cool yeah if you're listening to this and you have had one of those experiences josh just mentioned like being berated by a dm that just means that's not the group for you and Go find another group or start your own. Start your own, try DMing. Uh, jump deep into the into the deep end and, and see how it goes. You'll be surprised. You'll swim. But yeah, I. Oh man, I, I I do hear about those stories about people being berated by their yeah DM or by other players even, and I'm just like, that's not necessary. Yeah, there's there's a whole waft of negativity around people who have played and just stop playing because of this experience or that experience. Same thing with Christianity, right? You know, being mm-hmm. treated by treated in a certain way in a church, you know, you know, because of the experiences, and then you just want to sit back as a pastor and go, oh, well, that sort of happens everywhere you go, depending on the person that you're with. That just means you know, there's, there's a better community out there for you and the table that you sat down at that treated you that way just doesn't deserve your presence anymore. Mm-hmm. So it, it is time to, to move on to a more creative and beautiful experience. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Justin. Thank you, Josh, for this great conversation. Yeah. Uh, I loved it. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, once again, everybody, thank you for joining uh, us for another week at confronting christian culture i'm jory tobias and if you have a question or a lesson you'd like discussed on the show or if you are wanting to tell us about your favorite uh class to play uh you can tweet at us at cxcpod thanks have a great week thanks for listening if you have a lesson you would like discussed feel free to tweet at CXCPod, that's C-X-C-P-O-D.